Welcome to a new edition of the City Voice podcast. I am joined by an unlikely combination. I've got Lutz Fannensteel, our sporting director, and I've got Matt Seebeck, our chief experience officer and first time guest on the show. Welcome. It's good to be here. Welcome. Yeah. So this unlikely combination is because we are here to talk about the fan experience at City Park. Um, it's been a pretty good start um, from a results perspective but also from a fan experience perspective. Matt, could you just give um, the listeners a bit of an overview of your job? Because a CXO role is quite unusual uh, in sport. It's a, it's a little new. Uh, last three years, we've been building towards what you see out here, and that's the fan experience. And it's really designed to put experience underneath a single department, a single organization, so that no matter where fans engage with the club, there would be a consistency of excellence. So um, our team ultimately oversees content, creative, social feeds, retail, of course, the stadium experience. So um, hopefully fans are enjoying it no matter where they hit us from. And Lutz, the fan experience is obviously important to you. Could you explain your relationship with Matt Seebeck? Because you've both been here for a, for a long time. I mean, a long time in the grand scheme yeah. of a club that's you know going to be for this summer. Yeah, you know, fan experience is a, a big part of the, uh, of, of, yeah, actually I would say of the team on the field as well. So it's not just something off the field, it have a big influence on the field so how do the fans experience the players but also how do the players experience the fans so it's a kind of uh, giving and taking and um, so far the experience we all had was an amazing experience so chief experience officer you know is an ex amazing experience you know uh, yeah I know I only can tell you talking to the staff talking to the players and also my own kind of view it definitely had a, a very positive impact in our whole team culture because you feel a very, very close connection to the fans and it's a great experience. So that's fan experience. And Lutz, you've played all over the world um, in some of the most passionate leagues on the planet. How does the uh, game day experience at City Park stack up to other leagues and what would you, you know, would you be able to draw parallels to um, what it feels like here to, you know, say a, a league in another country? Yeah, I think the construction uh, itself, you know, speaks a lot because it's very tight. You have that uh, certain feel of being very close to the people. I always explain it. If you walk on the field, you can see the faces of people. You don't just see the mass. <laughs> like if in a bigger stadium, sometimes you just see like a color or, or you see the shirts or you see hair, but you do not see a facial expression. There you really have a clear view how the people feel, which makes it very intimate and very, very unique. So if I compare it, I mean, it's definitely very European, very enthusiastic European style here in the stadium. You know, you always feel you have that support from the stands. It's very loud. Um, I think the way it's built, like a kind of a, what is it called? Like a hole in the ground and then this cavern, cathedral. Yeah, the street level is higher up. So it kind of keeps the, the the noise level very very high it's it's a constant kind of threat i think for the away team as well and uh, definitely you know when we always talk about building that kind of uh, special special ways if a team comes here and that shouldn't feel that welcome or you have a, a kind of a unique kind of castle of uh, of of intimidation for the opponents i think that works very well so far Matt, you worked closely with ownership. You worked very closely with the architects that um, built the stadium. Lutz mentioned that there's a bit of a European feel to the vibe in the stadium. Um, is that by design or is that a fluke? 
Definitely. And I, I'd, I'd add Lutz to that list as well. I mean, one of the advantages of having Lutz here so early was that he could impact that design process as well. And um, while we did our own bit of research, traveling, you know, domestically and globally, looking at other stadiums, borrowing little pieces of ingredients here and there, uh, I don't think anyone at the club's been to more stadiums than than Lutz himself. So, you know, the the design of the supporter section, but even the game day experience, when to play music and the type of music to pump up the team, like he's very involved in those sorts of things. So I'd say like definitely, you know, the European clubs that we drew influences from, some of the older stadiums, Fulham's Craven Cottage feels like it's built into the neighborhood. Um, those sorts of things were definitely a part of the design process very early on where the architects didn't want it to feel like a UFO landed in the middle of downtown St. Louis, which a lot of modern stadiums feel like. They wanted it to feel like the stadium belongs in this part of downtown St. Louis and that it felt like a part of the neighborhood. So I think that's where you get a lot of these design aspects like the open corners and the canopy roof and all that really comes alive by um, you know some of the inspirations that we took on. And Matt, we had uh, we hosted our first big non-city event in the week. We had the U.S. Women's National Team. Is there any sort of insider baseball that you can give? Like, how did um, how did they feel about the experience? I mean, they travel all around the world. Like, what was that like? I think yeah, it was it was jaw dropping for us to have really the Ireland team come in and the first time they saw the the pitch itself and the stadium their eyes were wide open. And so that, that's sort of like outside invalidation. We've been so close to this project for, you know, three plus years now. Of course, we think everything that's going on here is pretty amazing, but to have those outsiders come in that have been all across the world and, and provide that, you know, that level is, um, is, it was fantastic to hear. Luce, you talk up the MLS at every opportunity you've, um, you're bullish on, on the future. Uh, when you bring people to this stadium, is it is it a point of pride to show them about, and does it feel good to have had a a, a thumbprint on on this this beautiful piece? Yeah, man, mentioned now the Irish team, but uh, you know uh, when we played Leverkusen end of last year, but now also the the first home games, every single sport director, every single coach, and even a, a coach like Adrian Heath who worked in the Premier League and, and knows you know the best stadiums in the world. Everybody's super impressed. Everybody's unbelievable euphoric about how it how it looks, how the grass is, how also how the change room. So I think the whole architecture, everything, uh is is close to perfection here and, and that's the feedback we get. So as Matt mentioned, you know, like you see it also from other players and from the other stuff that they are really, really I would call it overwhelmed uh, to see the facility here. Matt, you spent nearly three years working on this project. Um we did a lot of work with the supporters. Um we did a lot of work with the community. Um, Lutz built up an academy uh, but nothing prepares you for, for game day one you just don't know what you're going to get when you throw 22,500 people into a stadium what are your initial thoughts about how it's gone so far? Uh, it's, it, it's exceeded every expectation I mean I'm born and raised in St. Louis what attracted me to the, the club was really that ownership vision to be bigger than soccer and I think you know, now that the stadium's open and pe people have checked it out, you know, they're stopping you in parking lots and grocery stores. They're telling you, you know, what food they ate in the stadium, where they took pictures with their family, who their favorite players are. And so it's those types of things that I think this is, this is starting to impact people's lives and how they spend it with their, their children and bringing them into this new experience. So I think those are the things that you just can't possibly imagine three years ago. Um, and it's been remarkable. Lutz, the groundwork for the support was laid last year with um, the successful City 2 run. Um, our, one of our first games, I think, it, you know, probably eight 9,000 people yeah. showed up. Um, 
are you surprised to see this fan base as passionate after seeing what happened with City 2 last year? No, not at all. I think uh, that's what we we all somehow felt uh, is realistic. That's what will happen. You know, when I look now at the um, some of the next pro games and I compare to, to our season last year, I mean, it, it's completely different. I mean, we had such a, a strong support regardless where we played. Slew or in Edwardsville, it was always, always packed. And now coming here, of course, it's you can't compare it because it just, you know, is like another dimension. But in the end of the day, looking at the percentage, looking at the way, looking the way people celebrate, the way pushing the team, it's no different. Just everything was on a smaller scale. And, you know, we talk a lot about uh, uh, having uh, being the city in the past, which uh, soccer has such a big influence in the culture. And I think that's just the proof every second week when we play here. This is what you feel, the vibe. It's not just when I'm coming in four or five hours before the game into the training facility and the city's full in City Red. You know, people are literally everywhere. It's just a, a vibe. It's a hype. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of, yeah, we're building our own soccer culture now on based on that great history the city of St. Louis had. And that's the vibe you're always getting when you're coming into the stadium. Matt, you're a huge sports fan. St. Louis is a sports city. You've um, sat at the Cardinals. You've sat at the Blues. Um, what's the difference between what goes on there? Uh, like, are you surprised that there is a difference? Did you think that it was um, that it was going to take a while for fans to learn how to to be soccer fans? I thought I, I did. I thought it would take a while. I thought that you know, uh, for those that have been to a professional soccer game. It's very tribal. It's it's visceral. There there's a there's an energy that the other sports don't have. That that you know the game doesn't stop. You only have a 15 minute halftime. There's there's elements like that that make a a true professional soccer game very energetic and exciting. And and I thought it would take a while for our fans to embrace that. But you know from from minute one, and I'd say actually prior the pregame moment of the Charlotte game, our opener, where we did the full stadium card stunt. I think it was it was. It was a message to all four sides of the stadium that everybody can participate in this stadium experience. This isn't a single section. And I think people have embraced that head on. And you see, you know, standing and you see cheering all game and you see people wanting to follow along and learn the chance. So I, I was surprised about that, that people would be so engaged because I think for the majority, this is their first professional soccer game. So Lutz, we talk a lot about um, atmosphere um, in football, some players say they hear the crowd. Some players say they don't. Do you think net-net uh, the a great atmosphere, a loud atmosphere drives players forward? Hundred percent. You know, it's uh, always a mixture between being supportive, but also it can be hostile. We don't want to be hostile. We still want to be a team which welcomes uh, the opposition team, which welcomes the opposition fans, but then give them a hard time on the field. And uh, I really see that we have here the twelfth man. We have here that crowd who can push us forward, who can make the difference. You know, and I always say it's easy to cheer if everything goes well. If you score a goal, everybody cheers. But you're having these little moments in the game and it's not always going that well. And when you see maybe you're one down or maybe it's just a period where things are not going 100% in our direction, that's when you hear the crowd and you should hear the crowd and they really push you forward when they give you that extra support to help you to get out of that little negative motion on the field. And that's what we, we're trying to do by communicating with the fans. You know, there's a lot of communication between the players on the field and the people in the stands. And sometimes when you see the players, 
heating up the crowd. I mean, that can help a lot. Matt, the club's um, promoted the idea of getting down to the stadium early. Um, our supporters uh, have their tailgates. Do you think the bringing fans together early creates a bond that influences the atmosphere at the stadium? Is that part of the reason why you, you know, you're pushing to get fans down early? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it helps build pride. It, it builds momentum and energy before kick. Um, I think, you know, the insight that, that we got, and, and we, we all know this as, as, as football fans, is soccer fans, are, they're notorious for showing up late or right at kick because you're doing other things before you enter the stadium. So we wanted to really create behaviors and incentives that allowed fans to get down here early. And, and I think people are loving it. You know, first game against Charlotte, 90% of, of, of the stadium was already in their seats 30 minutes before a whistle was blown. So um, they're getting down here, they're eating food, they're listening to music, they're participating in our pregame show. Um, so it's really just getting them ready. I think, you know, the one thing that we've talked to a lot of fans about is, you know, the game itself is so fun, but it, it's quick, it's fast. We want it to be that best party in town, but it's only 90 minutes. So finding ways to extend that um, has been a, a lot of fun for us, but also, you know, to see fans embrace that has been an, a real, real joy. But when he talks about the extension before, I talk about it after the game as well, because here it's the only football stadium I ever seen where people don't leave. So when we finish, <laughs> when we finish the game and regardless of if we win or we lose, everybody stays. And so far, we always walked around the field with the whole team. Is everybody involved to say thank you to the fans? That's something really unique and special. I've never seen it. You know, I mean, it's again, it's easy for the supporter section to stay and the fans and the players, they clapping at each other and say thank you. But here it's the whole stadium and everybody stays and you make this whole round and that's kind of really special. The players absolutely love it. And that's, it doesn't matter, win or a loss, the fans still stay behind. So far, I think also after the Minnesota game, which uh, we didn't win, um, it was the same kind of ritual. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was a few more guys left than at the other games, but still it was pretty full and the players still decided to take the full round, the full lap. And that's, that's a great way because that can become like a after-match or post-match ritual for the years to come. Do you think that there is an opportunity for you and the fans and the players to, to get closer? Like, do you think that there is an additional sort of ritual that you guys can have at the end of the game? Is that the sort of thing that comes with time? I mean, yes, things come with time, but of course, I think it's very important to have that communication uh, with the fans, you know? And I mean, uh, Bradley Carnell had the idea that uh, some of the fans can come and also watch some of the sessions and afterwards have a, a little chat with the coaching staff, a little chat with the players. You know, that that's pretty good. And I think it gives you a certain closeness because right now you see a player with number 10, Lewin, but you know his face, but you never really heard him speaking or never really saw him close by. That gives you a completely different impression also for, for younger fans. Is part of um, your Twitter persona um, to bring fans into your process so they understand what's going on and what to expect from the season. You see, I mean, uh, as we can hear on your accent, uh, you're obviously British, right? And he's, he's obviously not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the end of the day, uh, if you go on social media and you compare it to Europe, there is a lot of hate. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of uh, um, bad vibes on it. And that's so far what I have to say is absolutely amazing here in St. Louis. Um, you don't get that really uh, bad vibes, uh, you know, from the people who support you, from from the fans. There's always a very nice uh, way of communicating. There is a way of supporting, which uh, I call it unconditional support. That's so far what, what I felt looking 
what happened to the Blues uh, sometimes. Well, they're not always playing a great season as well, but the fans are there. The fans support them. And I think that is very important. That's also the way to, to communicate on social media. It's all about respect. And it's all about managing expectations. And after winning five in a row, I know some people out there believe it will be 34 in a row. <laughs> but yeah. like, but let, let's be, we need to go back to be realistic. We need to go back to understand where we came from. You know, we have the smallest player budget in the league. We hardly spend any money on any transfers. And everybody out there, and I think you guys remember very well, expected that we finish last and we win three games all season and we are the, you know, the pushovers. So we said we want to be competitive. And I think even though now I look at the last game in Seattle, I think we played a very, very competitive first half and we lost in the end, maybe against a better opponent. But that will happen again. And, and that is not a problem. I think it's important to know the expectations, to know where we want to be. We want to build organically a club which is sustainable, sustainable success, and not just doing something great in the first season. We want to be here for a long time and not just for one season doing great and then disappear somewhere in the no man's land. Yeah. So I think that is something we all need to be aware of. And if everybody out there gives 100% every game and fights and grinds, then it's okay if you don't win every game. We want to win every game and we're trying our hardest to win every game, but that's just simply not possible in the world of sports. And that's what I actually call out for the fans. It's easy to support us when we win every game, but also support us if we lose a game or not playing that well, because that's when we need you the most. You know, it's pretty easy to be positive after winning 3-0, but it's not so easy to be positive after being beaten. And that only works if you work together. I think we're aligned with that on the business side as well. And like we've talked about it for the last three years is, is you know, if you can create an experience that makes people smile when they're walking in the door and walking out independent, win, lose, or, lose or draw, um, of course, winning is a better environment. Of course, it feels better walking out. But if we can make people feel that moment of energy and pride, it can really help out smooth some of those bumps in the road. Matt, we've spoken about uh, pre-game, post-game. Um, there is a hype moment that happens. Uh, the lights go crazy. Then they drop out. Um, I wondered if you could give us a, a bit of insight into like how did the red lights come about and what is what is this kind of new tradition that we've got going on that integrates everybody into the stadium? What's the thinking behind that? So I'll actually say this, this was a bit of an accident. Um, when we played Bayer Leverkusen in November, we had um, a bit of a, a hiccup pregame before everyone was gates open, everyone floods the stadium and the overhead lights that shine on the field actually went out and what was left were just our LED boards on the field and between the upper and lower concourse, and they all went red. And for the people that were in the stadium, some media members, staff, everyone thought it was on purpose because it created this really nice halo and a glow effect. And um, we wanted to preserve that. So we knew after that that we wanted to make something special of that. I'd say what really drove it forward is, is uh, Lutz over here. You know, he's, he's been known to say the phrase, gateway to hell. And uh, so we wanted to create this moment that, you know, uh, before, you know, the lights come on and the theater is live for 90 minutes, we actually deliberately wanted it to go dark. So fans knew that, it, you know, it was about to get real. So um, that's something that's going to stick for the year. Um, we're going to play with that. Um, keep leaning into it. Fans like it. Fans like taking photos when the lights come on. Um, so love it. How'd you take it, Luz? Yeah, It looks great. You know, as you said, it gives you that little bit of a, of a hell feeling. Um, it looks a bit dangerous. It looks a little bit kind of, uh, 
how you say it, ah, it's a little bit scary, but in a positive way. Yeah. You know, and, it, and especially with our color, which is the brightest and nicest color definitely in the league. You know, it just has that, that certain touch. Um, Matt, another question um, for you. We have loud fans. It is an absolute gift to have loud fans so early on. Been to new stadiums all around the world. It takes a long time for fans to get to know each other. So to have noisy fans and to have people from other clubs comment on how loud our fans is, is like absolutely a gift. And um, what's the club doing to um, keep that going? Like, how do how do we preserve that? Um, and like, are there any plans in the works there? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 this is a, a newly growing plant. Like, we're still figuring things out. Our fans are figuring out. We're still infants at that stage, you know. Um, but I think continuing to nurture that, um, you know, incentivize fans, um, play music at the right times and other times where we 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 need to let the environment breathe on its own and let the supporter group really carry that. So. Uh, I think what the fans, the energy the fans have brought to date has been immense. Um, some of it unexpected, but we want to continue to encourage that because it's been awesome. Lutz, do you, um, you talk to your players a lot. Um, are they inspired to play in a way that gets fans um, excited? Of course, you know, again, that goes, exactly that's the thing, it goes hand in hand. If you play some very slow, boring passing football, I think the spark doesn't really flow over to the to the fans, but if you have lots of actions, lots of intensity, I think that's what people really react to. And if you see some players like running up and down the line, really tackling, trying to win balls back, trying to overfloat the opponent's half, this is what really makes an impression on the fans that they want to go the extra mile as well. So um, 100%, I think that our playing style, our philosophy, that high intensity uh, is exactly what the people want to want to see, what they want to feel. And it kind of, again, that talks to each other. Players talking to the fans, the other way around. Matt, um, everybody's getting to know each other in the stadium. Um, it's a brilliant atmosphere, um, but it would be remiss of us not to talk about one of the debates that's going online at the moment between sitting and standing. And I just wanted to see, like, is there, a, is there, a, is there an opinion on this? And, um, you know, what, it's, it's a nuanced issue. What are, the, what are the two sides of the debate here that we're wrestling with? I mean, I, th I think we've been, we've been pretty clear that, you know, we want this stadium to be um, a welcoming fan experience, but also one that is very intimidating for away teams to come in and play. So, um, you know, the standing, again, for us, caught us by surprise. I think it's lovely. It's great. It shows well on TV. Other fans and media have commented on it. Um, you know, for us as a club, we, we emphasize our fan code of conduct. Um, in the fan code of conduct, there's nothing about sitting or standing, um, but it, it does emphasize, you know, be the best of St. Louis, make new friends, take care of each other. So I guess I would just say as we continue to figure this out as a club, but also as a collective fan base, um, if you have an issue, like find a, a member of our guest services staff. Um, if you can't stand for whatever reason, we'll find a place for you to, to sit. Um, if you are interested in being a conductor um, and standing all the time and leading cheers, um, you know, we have a supporter section, but the idea that fans are, are getting excited and want to stand all game, uh, we want to continue to nurture that because I think it creates an amazing experience. Luce, like when I've briefly spoken to you about, you know, being an exceptional neighbor in the stadium, like, do you have thoughts on, on this? I mean, Matt said it pretty well. Um, I think it all has to do with respect. So if you are, I mean, if everybody stands and is happy and the people around you standing as well, that's great. Other people who maybe cannot stand or don't want, or want to sit down or they have to sit down, 
uh, it's not fair to them if they basically sitting down and they don't see anything because they're also just the same members uh, of of the fan groups who coming in here and support us. So I think it's just about how you how you deal with the situation, how you communicate, and if you see that there's ten people behind sitting, then maybe it's a good idea to have a communication and try to figure a way out how it is. So it's all about how to how to deal with it and and how to talk to each other. So um, yeah, again, you you put it, you know, there is no there is no way. You have to stay, have to sit, or you have to stand. I think it's just in certain areas it will be a little bit uh, different. And just turn around and feel for yourself. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily enjoy if I sit down and there's 200 people in front of me <laughs> standing because I can go home and watch it on TV. So it's all about to have a good discussion. And Matt, if, if fans have exhausted, you know, negotiating with those around them and it's, it's difficult, um, what should they do in that situation? Yeah, I think really there's two ways. One, um, a member of our guest services staff, um, they're everywhere. Um, every section, every concourse, you can find them. Um, that is the best path. Do not escalate to other fans. Um, the other one is, you know, in our app, uh, which most of our fans have, there, there's a get help button that, you know, whether you're looking for a receipt from a concession stand or you need to talk about um, some, you know, behavior you'd like to, to speak to someone about, that will go direct to our staff. Um, we're monitoring it every game like crazy. Um, so those are the two best ways. Anytime you need help, go find it. Brilliant. Lutz. We've got a big game this weekend against a team in form. Um, what's your message for the weekend to the fans in the stadium and, and what are your hopes for the game? You know, my hope is that uh, we, we, we stick to our principles, that we be playing well, that uh, we be fighting on the field for each other. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, interesting story because everybody spoke about Cincinnati just two years ago as an expansion team who things are not didn't go too well. And now suddenly the tables have turned tremendously. And uh, welcoming also Pat Noonan, the son of St. Louis, uh, back here in, in, in the stadium as the opposition coach. It's also uh, some, some great coincidence and, and, and a great moment for all of us. But uh, yeah, they're at the moment in top form. They are uh, number one in the, in the East, which is uh, probably just as good as being number one in the West. You know, no big difference is there. And we want to give them a game. I don't think there is any favorite in this game. I think it's pretty open. You know, it's our house, it's our home, it's our castle. So we want to we want to walk away with with some points in this game. And uh, Cincinnati won't come here to lose that game. So pretty much an open game, and it will be a great hard test for us. And especially now, also see a reaction from the boys. We lost the last game here. We also lost in in Seattle. You know, I don't want to lose three games in a row. To be honest, I don't think anybody. Uh, in the changing room or up in the training facility, won't have to lose three games either. So it's up to us to to change that and uh, and and get a good result. Brilliant. Well, that was a fantastic podcast. Thank you to Matt Seebeck. Thank you to Lutz Fan and Steel. We'll hope to have you both on again uh, very soon. And if you're listening to this and you are uh, heading to the game this weekend, have an absolutely amazing time. Uh, bring the noise. Uh, the players appreciate it. Um, you're making St. Louis, uh, uh, making them a star on the soccer map around the globe. Um, and if you are listening to this on a podcast, give us a five-star review. Say something nice uh, about loot. Say something nice about Matt's shirt. Uh, they'll definitely be reading those. And if you're watching this on Apple TV+, Plus, thank you for watching. We'll be back with another episode next week. Ciao for now. <laughs>